The Productive Woman, Episode 83. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you very much for joining me for this very special episode of The Productive Woman. In this episode, I'm going to share with you a conversation I had recently with Julie Sharonosher of Israel and Priscille Livonet of France. You might remember them from a, a previous international panel discussion that we shared on the show as episode 66. Well, the three of us reconvened recently in Blab with a live audience in the chat room for a really good conversation about clutter. I hope you'll find it as helpful as I did. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 83. Before I get started, I want to say thank you to Nosby, uh, the sponsor of this episode, and and I've talked about it before. Nosby is the productivity tool that's designed to help you simply get things done. The Productive Woman listeners can get a free 30-day trial of Nosby's Pro Edition by visiting nosby.com slash woman. And as I've said, it's uh, this is a productivity tool uh, that more than 300,000 busy people and effective teams from all around the world use to get their tasks and projects done. And I've been one of those people for well over a year now. It's a versatile app. It's available on every platform you can think of, uh, from Mac to Windows to Linux, Android and iOS devices. They even offer an app for the Apple Watch, which I love because I get alerts for my important tasks right there on, on my Apple Watch. And I can, you know, look at it, get it done, and then tap and mark it as done just without even opening up my phone or my computer. So it's a truly mobile solution that lets you get your stuff done no matter where you are. And everything syncs securely and quickly among the different devices. So it's it's a really useful tool for me. I use it every day, all day for my law practice to make sure nothing falls through the cracks. I love the fact that it syncs with a number of other services so you can attach to a Nosby task an Evernote note or a a file that's relevant to the task that maybe you keep in a Dropbox folder or Inbox or Google Drive. And that means that everything you need to get that task done can be right there at your fingertips. Nosby is a great tool for collaboration. They make it very easy to share projects with anybody who has an email address. And so you can delegate tasks, you can comment on tasks. It's a a really great collaboration tool. And that's such an important part of what they do that they actually provide to that every Nosby Pro user gets a second account for their business or personal partner included for free. So it's really two for the price of one. They've got a great feature that I'm learning more and more how to use that allows you to set up templates for recurring projects so that instead of having to recreate it every time, you create the template for the project and have the all the subtasks that go into it, save it as a template. And when you it's time to do that project again, maybe it's, oh, I don't know, your spring cleaning project maybe, or an annual report that you have to prepare that has various steps. You can create a template for that with all the steps right there in it, 
when it's time to do it again, you just go grab that template, save it as a new new project, and you're off to the races. They have a, a site called nosby.how where you can share your templates or see templates that other people have created and uh, download them and use them for yourself. So it's a really neat service, a, a way of expanding the usefulness of a tool that's already indispensable for me. To set up your 30-day free trial of the Nosby Pro Edition with all the bells and whistles, just go to nosby.com slash woman, and that's N-O-Z-B-E dot com slash woman. And give it a try, try all the different things. And if you decide you want to stick with the pro version, after the 30-day trial is up, you can simply use the coupon code WOMAN to save 10% on the subscription price. I think you're going to love it as much as I do, but I'd love to hear what you think. So give it a shot. Let me know how it works out for you. And thank you so much to Nosby for supporting The Productive Woman. And now let's get into the conversation with Julie Sharon Osher of Israel and Priscille Livinet of France and me talking about clutter. Okay, so hello um, and welcome to, is this our second uh, or our third? I'm losing track. This, this is our third international productivity panel talking about productivity from various perspectives. I am Laura McClellan. I'm located in Dallas, Texas. I'm a lawyer by day, a wife and a mom to five grown kids. And I'm the host of a podcast called The Productive Woman. And I'm really excited to be here. Priscille, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, so I'm uh, Priscille Levenet, living in the suburbs of Paris, France. I'm a businesswoman on the day, mother of two kids, grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> one kid, one adult. Yeah. <laughs> Nearly. And I'm also an, uh, the host of the podcast, The Productive You. And I'm a blogger also about uh, personal uh, and professional productivity. And once again, I'm very happy to be with you, girls. Great. And Julie? I'm Julie Sharon Osher. I'm located in above Lake Galilee, Israel. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I'm a time hacker. I'm the host of Time Hackers Podcast. I blog about professional productivity at the most. And sometimes I rant about things, as you will probably hear during this call today. I'm very honored to be with these amazing two ladies. And let's get started. Yes. And so we thought this time we would uh, focus a little specifically, more so than we have in the past two uh, labs that we've done. We're going to be talking about clutter. And I forget whose suggestion it was, but I thought it was a great one um, that we talk about this. And, and it's interesting that since we picked this topic, I've been listening to some audiobooks and doing some reading for myself. And one of the books I've been listening to, and I don't know if either of you have, have read or heard this book, but it's a book called The Organized Mind. And the author is a journalist, Daniel Levitin. And it's just a fascinating book to read or listen to. Um, I find myself stopping and bookmarking things uh, that I hear so I can go back and because I have a hard copy of the book as well. But one of the things that he talks about in the book is this issue of clutter mm -hmm. and um, what a problem it is in, certainly in the United States. And I'm going to be real interested to hear what the two of you have to say about the issue. Um, Levitin in the book says that it's a, he calls this problem of clutter, of having too much stuff. 
a distinctly modern problem. And it, he cites a study of a particular American household that, that they counted mm-hmm. all, almost 2,300 visible objects in just the living room and two bedrooms. And that didn't count stuff that was in cupboards and drawers and shelves and just what they could see standing in the room. It's a pretty common thing in the United States that we have homes with garages that we can't park our cars in because they're full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not that bad in France and Israel, but it's a real issue here. The and same. so that's why, yeah, okay, so I thought that's why I thought this is such a great thing to talk about. Tell me a little bit about what things are like in your countries. I guess, um, Priscille, you, you commented that it's the same. Yeah, it's it's exactly the same. And I was recently uh, an host of an, um, a show, a TV show, about the people who can't put away things and who have too, too, too much things in their house, in their wardrobe and, uh, and everywhere, and uh, one, two or three garage full of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's clearly exactly the same uh, in France. And I think it's not only in France. I think it's in all the, the world where the consumption is uh, very important. And we are always advertised to buy, buy, buy things. Mm-hmm. But we do not need all that stuff, unfortunately. How about you, Julie? What are things like in Israel? I'm just going to share with you that the place that most Israelis like to visit most is Ikea. Yeah, really? <laughs> the same. And, and not because we enjoy buying furniture, but because we love their smart storage solutions. Yeah. And we always go, I can see a lot, most of my friends right now are renovating their houses. I don't know how it happened, but they all are doing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And everything, And the only question that is being asked on my cell phone in the WhatsApp groups is, so how can I fit more of my stuff into this closet or cupboard? Yeah. What are, we are just, we need stuff because, well, many reasons. I think that in Israel, the primary one is because it makes us feel that we have accomplished something. If we have mm. this, this amount of records or this amount of, I don't know, even people are decorating their house. And they bring in so many little teeny tiny stuff to decorate it. And then they don't have room left for their things, mm-hmm. for their what they have collected throughout the year. So I think it's kind of the same all across the world. I just think that the awareness to how clutter affects us is uh, starting to grow perhaps a little bit more in Europe, at least from what I hear from friends from Europe, but surely not in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's interesting that it's so much, a, um, I love this, Embrace Life 2011 in the chat room says, the container store created solely to store more stuff. I mean, yeah, it's that's exactly right. I love the container store. <laughs> but as we'll talk about later, the solution isn't to buy more containers, you know, sorry, container store, you know, I guess I can't ever hope to have you as a sponsor of the productive woman, but um, you know, it really is an issue. I think there is, Julie, you you kind of um, uh, hit the nail on the head that there's something in our psyche that um, finds some identity or some self, some self-worth or something in being able to look around at, you know, the stuff we have, Mm. um, 
but, and, 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 you know, as a side issue, I remember, oh my goodness, I must've been my, I was in my mid thirties. I was, you know, I'd been married a long time, already had five children. And I remember walking around my house one afternoon, going somewhere, you know, going from one room to another and looking around and thinking, all this stuff is mine. I could take it out in the backyard and burn it if I want to. It's my stuff, you know, and that just was such a weird, it's like, I'm a grown up now because I have all this stuff. Um, very strange uh, perspective. But, you know, we can talk about the psychology of it, or we can talk about the effects of it and what to do about it. And, you know, Julie, you commented um, on the uh, the perception that you have. I think you're saying that, you know, at least in Europe, uh, there's becoming more awareness of the effects of it. What are, you know, some of the effects of having too much stuff, too much clutter, too much, you know, just too much stuff? Mm. Well, for me personally, uh, is distraction. Mm. I cannot concentrate if I if the space that I'm at is cluttered. Even if to other people it's not, it doesn't seem like a lot of stuff. But for me, I know that it's too much. I feel that it's too much. My eyes just wander, and I start thinking about it. It distracts me mm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, um, and it actually started, it, it, I wasn't always like this, so it kind of started and uh, later on in my 20s. And the more I grow up and the more I, and the older I get, it becomes a real problem hmm. to the point where if I have, I, I don't know if it's maybe just my crazy, but if I have dishes in my sink, I can work, I can make myself because I'm a grown up and I know that I need to do something else than doing the dishes. But the first, Second that I will get, I will go and do them because they bug me and they interfere with me and I'm not doing my best work, what I know, that they're there. I, yeah. I think it's a, it's a common point of view. Uh, it's the same for me. If I'm in a place too busy for my eyes, mm. I can't be concentrated and uh, I'm wandering from one point to another. And I've read about, and say, about some study from a, a psychologist saying that um, an empty uh, place is a rest for the mind, mm -hmm. and it's the opposite. If it's too, it's too busy. And uh, referring to what you said, uh, Julie, uh, about the, your dishes, uh, I found that uh, Marguerite Duras. You probably have heard about her. It's a famous author in in, a, in a France. Uh, she has to make is her bed first in the morning to be able to work and to, to sit with an uh, office and then work. And I think it's a, a common point. Uh, when we came in a place too busy, we feel overwhelmed by all what we see and uh, it's um, tiring. Yeah, yeah. can say that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it, it's funny because that's one, uh, you know, in one of the sections or the chapters of that book, The Organized Mind, he talks about the, the brain function, the way it, um, exactly what you were saying, Priscilla, that when there's too much to see, the brain, it, it, it wears us out, it tires our brain, the, the neurons firing to, to kind of scan all of that and try and figure out what what's important for me to look at. I know that 
um, in my office, when I say if, if things, I'm having a very, very busy week and I have lots of closings because I do transactional like, corporate real estate types of things and they generate lots and lots of papers and it can get to where I have no choice but to sort of be piling things on my desk yeah. uh, till I can get through the closing because I'm having to respond to emails and doing all these things. But if I'm, if I'm going to get anything done, drafting documents or reviewing documents or anything like that, I have to clear all that off my desk and put it where I can't see it. You know, I'll give it to my secretary to file or put it, you know, somewhere because I simply cannot get my brain to calm down enough to mm -hmm. focus on, um, you know, serious work that I need to do. So I totally relate with what you were saying, Julie. And, you know, one of the, I, I thought it was interesting. I was listening to something yesterday um, that kind of related to this on, you know, on the bigger picture, the, the effects of clutter of having too much stuff. Um, one of them, I heard a statistic yesterday that uh, the average American spends 55 minutes a day looking for things they know they own, but they can't find. So time lost searching for things is a big issue. And, and the person I was listening, I didn't write this down, but they, uh, they multiplied that 55 minutes a day out. to It's like two weeks a year that we spend searching for stuff. And there are also health effects on this, which, you know, as I was saying that in this, um, that book, he, he talks about the, physiological effects of clutter. And one quote that I wrote down, just because I thought this was so interesting from this book, The Organized Mind, he says, women's cortisol levels, which is, that's the, the stress hormone, spike when confronted with clutter. Men's not so much. Elevated cortisol levels can lead to chronic cognitive impairment, fatigue and suppression of the body's immune system. So, I mean, this is a real thing. It's not just the three of us, you know, in this blab who it kind of distracts us. It can have, if, if it goes on and on and on, um, it's actually causing hormonal reactions that can impair our health. And uh, also it can have an impact on the weight mm -hmm. because as we have a lot of stuff, there is a lot of dust even if we try to clean. And I've read recently that we have to produce something, I can't remember the name, to um, fight the bacteria and uh, the, I don't know, maybe not the disease, but uh, the germs there is on dust. And when our body is doing that, it increases the weight uh, of the person. So wow. there is a link also with the dust. Wow. Not only on the psychism, but also on the body. Yeah, very much so. So, so what do we, you know, what do we do about it? If we, we, the three of us at least agree and there, you know, there's science behind it that um, clutter and, you know, I'm defining clutter as just too much stuff in our space, you know, wh whatever that is. Um, that it, it has a lot of bad effects. It certainly has an effect on our ability to be productive. If you can't find the, the notebook you need to write in, you're not going to get any writing done. 
You know, Mm -hmm. if you can't find your car keys when you need to go grocery shopping, you're not going to get your grocery shopping done. So that's, you know, kind of fundamental, but also the health effects and the societal effects and the money that's spent taking care of this stuff and cleaning this stuff and storing this stuff. I mean, the, I don't know about in your countries, but in the United States, this, um, these storage facilities, people have so much stuff, they can't keep it all in their houses. So they pay money to store it in some place where they can't, you know, it's, it's not even usable to them. And so what do we do about it? I think uh, I have read a lot of things about that because I'm also making a a blab uh, next week uh, about that in France. Mm-hmm. And about the the Conmary method, maybe we can uh, have a, a chat together later. And um, there is some um, doctors who've made some studies in Europe about that because they find that some people like uh, decluttering and some other hate, and they want to know uh, why some people are really liking and enjoying making decluttering in their house. And in fact, when we declutter, uh, we produce an hormone which is called endorphin, Mm. which gives a feeling of peace and calmness. And that's why those people are very uh, enjoying the fact of decluttering. And we can do, uh, we can all feel this feeling, happiness or peace of mind by decluttering. So I, I think we have to, to think about that. And I found a psychologist called Alberto Eger, who was saying that uh, there is a direct link between decluttering and cleaning uh, physically and decluttering our minds. It's uh, an association between the two, uh, the two things. And uh, so when we declutter the house, the office, her room, we also do the same for our mind. And I think it's, a, it's an interesting point. Uh, and it's linked to, to what we've said previously about being overwhelmed if we are going in a, in a place to... Uh, full of things crowded I would say I would say so if we're so they're definitely yeah I mean that to me the 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 endorphins that we get from the process of decluttering and cleaning space clearing it out is like the direct opposite of the cortisol thing that Levitin talks about in his book that that the so if cortisol causes stress endorphins bring a peaceful calmness to our minds. And so, you know, it's, it, it seems sort of obvious and yet we don't do it. So Julie, I know you, um, you're like a full-time productivity guru, specialist, strategist, whatever, and you work directly with clients. Do you do any work on this issue of decluttering with your clients? And, and if so, what are a couple of the things you tell your clients uh, if, if if clutter is a problem for them, uh, usually my my clients they don't they never think of mentioning to me that clutter is a problem because they don't see it as something that is related to productivity, which is funny to me. Mm. Um, but 
one of the first things during our first session, I asked them to take a picture of their working station and send it over. Mm. So, and then, you know, if I can't say if there are five items on the desk or three items on it, I can't say if it's cluttered or not for the person, mm. but if there are 25, then mm. we're definitely going to work on that. So first thing that I do with them is the first thing that I did with my space my area it's actually a funny story because we actually moved from israel we moved to denmark and we were planning to stay there for a very long time and my significant other he he gets a rash when there's stuff around him he can't he one of those people he wants to live in a sterile room everything white nothing there his laptop that's it Mm. I'm a bit more of, I need a few of my stuff, if you don't mind. And uh, we sold everything we owned. We had one medium-sized suitcase, like two, one for each. And this is all our belongings went in there. And when we came back, this is all we had. So we really tried uh, to keep it down, not to buy new stuff just for the sake of buying new stuff. And the first thing that I did when I noticed that I'm starting to buy stuff and fill it because I had so much space in my new apartment, the first thing that I did was I stopped buying at all. Anything that wasn't perishable, food or immediate stuff, we just didn't buy anything. We didn't have our credit cards on us. We didn't have any. If I wanted something, I had to go back home get cash, go back again and buy it. And it was never that important. Mm-hmm. So with four months, I had a detox. And in bad cases, this is what I do with clients as well. Uh, I only had two so far that were that needed the extra measures because most people when most people feel that it bothers them that there are so many stuff around them. So what we do, I they we take a box and we put everything from the working space, from the desk or whenever, wherever they work, if it's in a library or a public space, whatever they have with them, they put it in a box and they put the box beneath their chair. If they need something from the box, they're allowed to take only this one thing. And by the end of the day, everything that they didn't take out of the box, they do something with it. I don't care if they donate it, sell it throw it, set it on fire. I don't know if it's their stuff. They can do whatever they want with it, but it does not go near their working station. Only the things that are actually needed. Yeah, that is such a a valuable exercise to do. And I, I mean, I would recommend, um, you know, in the home, say your kitchen, you know, kitchens are notorious for, for clutter. We have, you know, 14 wooden spoons and we have three colanders because we go to cook something and we can't find the one we have. So we go buy another one. And, and there's a real value Mm. if that's an issue. If you, if you feel like, I I just think a kitchen is a great example. Bathrooms, probably another one that if you feel like you don't have enough storage space in your kitchen, go through that exercise, take everything out, put it in a box and put it, you know, in the garage or somewhere where you have to go get it. And then as you need something, you go get that thing and then you use it, you wash it and you put it in a place you've decided that it's going to be. And whatever's still in that box you know, you set some period of time, two yeah. weeks, whatever the time is, whatever's still in that box, you don't need it. So box it up, you know, just don't even open the box, tape it shut and, and yeah. donate it. 
You know, it's um, you know the two guys who've uh, created the site, the minimalism, mm -hmm. minimalist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They call that the pa the packing party, doing like we have moving uh, uh, yeah. far away, and then packing everything and just go to the garage to pick one by one the stuff we really need, and after a while just put away <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's clearly the same method. And personally, I've done that because I've moved a lot of times, and uh, clearly you can reduce your clutter. Uh, dramatically with that yeah i've yeah. i've moved i've done that in my office i've i've changed offices um four times maybe five in the course of my 18 years practicing law and it's one it, i felt kind of bad because one of them they brought like a big dumpster into my office the week before i was moving and i filled it up with stuff and i'm thinking why do i have all this stuff you know all these papers my husband jokes i you know this is not an academic exercise for me this is uh, my husband kind of teases me that everything has sentimental value to me i you know that's um and so this is something i have to think about and work on all the time um, because I don't like getting rid of things. Part of it for me, you know, if we want to get real psych psychological about it, I, I didn't have a lot growing up. My, we, we didn't have a lot of money and I didn't have a lot of things and we moved a lot. And there's, you know, when I sit back and I get kind of philosophical about it, there's a part of me that thinks, um, well, if, if I let this go, what if I need it later and I don't have it? What if... <laughs> yeah, the what if. Um, but, you know, so so what we do, certainly in the United States, and it sounds like y'all you, you, are saying the same thing there, we think when our space is cluttered, the first thing we think of is, well, I need more containers. I need to go to Ikea. I need to go to the container store. I need to organize my stuff. But that's not really the first step, is it? No, no the first step is just to declutter and then... See yeah. if we need uh, box, additional box. But most of the time, we can. We don't need to buy anything else. We have yeah. all what we need. Yeah, um, Priscilla, in the in the the notes that we were kind of collecting before we got started, you talked about something that someone mentioned in the chat room. And let me let me pause for a moment. If there are questions in the chat room, we are happy to take those. Remember, if you type slash Q before you start typing your question, it'll pop up over here and we'll see it as a question. Um, and so, you know, feel free to ask your questions and we'll answer those as we go along. Um, but uh, anyway, somebody in the chat room mentioned the, the KonMari method. And Priscilla, yeah. you, you had some things to say about that. Yeah. So, um, so it is a method um, created by a Japanese girl called, called Marie Kondo. And uh, his book is very, very famous. I don't know in the US, but in, in France, it's everybody is uh, talking about this book since uh, more than one year now. And uh, the, the method is quite ruthless, maybe. It's very strict, very efficient. And I have the, the chance to put that in practice uh, last April. And it's very, very effective. And one thing that she uh, suggests is uh, taking all uh, similar things together in one room. For instance, all the clothes, 
all the books, all the pictures, and so on and so on. And you have to work type of product by type of product. And when we collect everything in one place, just we just see the quantity, the amount, the mountain of clothes, maybe, that we really have. And there is a, a method to, uh, to sort it out. So it's uh, taking all things one by one, see if the, um, there is a, a joy with these things. It's more efficient with the clothes than other things. But if we really think that this um, dress, I don't know, it's uh, really good for me, and I have joy uh, when I wear it, and I feel good, and so on, I can keep it. But if I'm not sure, maybe uh, I have to put that away and give that to some uh, association or, uh, or sell it or sell it or whatever. And it's very, very efficient uh, as, a, as, a, as a method. And there is pros and cons, and it's not the, the, the place to discuss about that. But it's very, very um, an effective method. And... Uh, for me, since I've made that, I do not need to make another um, time to declutter deeper uh, because I sell or put away, throw away so much things uh, with this method that now I'm very fine with what I've uh, what is left. And uh, the, the the good point is we have to find a place for everything and then keep it in this place. And yeah. it's, it's, I would say it's not new, it's uh, the basics uh, when we want to uh, tidy up her uh, home, it's uh, to, uh, to assign a place for everything. And then when we use it, immediately after, put the things mm. in, the, in the right place to avoid searching during hours, our stuff. It's it's quite good method. I don't know if in the US or if in Israel you you know this method and you speak about, but in France it's a uh, very very famous, and it's um, yeah everybody is talking and writing and testing this this method. Yeah, yeah. it's ve it's very well known here as well, mm -hmm. Julia. Um, it's not very familiar in Israel yet uh, but yes. we kind of were like a year and a half back from everyone else uh, but I actually heard about I read this book I heard about it first time from uh, a YouTube guru um, she's into makeup and she has a huge 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 collection like my collection is pretty hefty itself and I'm decluttering it as we speak I'm actually a part of a support group we have a project pan group on Facebook it's a thing it's a thing yeah. and we have rules and you earn points and you're not allowed to buy something that you have something else that can substitute it mm. it's a thing and she read this book and she did that and she did it for her clothes and for her books and for that and this and the other and she did it for her makeup collection and she got horrified of the finding she said that it felt it was she had a pile of makeup waist high and she said she could have dived into it and just swim in it and she <laughs> saw it and it was like I need to get a grip and she did this method and she talked for like an hour about this book and I got so curious that I went and bought it it, it you're right with it it's very strict mm -hmm. it's very 
if you want a fundamental approach, this is it. Yeah. You don't need to do any other decluttering yes. after you no, do that. Exactly. And, well, and you know, when I do it, I was very surprised because um, so I have a very small uh, flat there, and uh, I have a, a, a small wardrobe in the in the living room, another one uh, in the in the the room of one of my son, and another one there. And I have to collect everything, and I found six, um, fifty-eight pairs of ties. I don't know if it's ties. It's the ah, the hose, hose. leggings, yeah. leggings, or pantyhose, tights. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fifty-eight pairs. I think that's part of the value of a um, sort of radical approach like that. We don't. It, it forces us to look at. Yeah what we've done, you know? And I mean, it's not like it's some sort of moral failing. That's not the point. It's that we just don't, first of all, as stuff gets kind of put around your house or your office or wherever, you you know, it starts with, you've got a clean counter. I'm going to put this thing here. So I remember to take it with me when I leave. Uh, okay. I'm going to put this note here. So I remember to call this person. And before very long, you just don't see this stuff anymore. It's it the brain sort of shuts it out because that's it's a survival mechanism to be able to function to not be going what 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 all the time. And so, doing something like that method um, forces you to get all that stuff out and put it out there and think, okay, do I really need twenty seven pairs of jeans, (laughs) or you know. 15 wooden spoons in the kitchen or whatever, you know, whatever your things are. And, and, and there's some real value, I think, in that. I, it's certainly not the only method to do this because some people for, I, I, I mean, I like the idea. Some people may not have um, the chunk of time to like get all their clothes out and do that thing. But I love the idea of picking up each item and saying, you know, what's the question I think somebody put in the chat room, does this spark joy? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. if not, why do I have it? Why mm-hmm. do I own this? Why am I hanging on to this if I don't love it? Um, because maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I'm, realizing more and more how short life is Mm. and why should we spend a lot of time and energy and and thought taking care of and organizing and sorting and whatever stuff that doesn't make our hearts sing. You know, I, I think that, I think that's kind of the idea behind that book. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the thing, we don't talk about it because we kind of, we're trying to give uh, our perspective on how to declutter after we already have the stuff, but the actual process of getting more stuff and then more stuff and then more stuff, it becomes kind of a daily routine. And suddenly you, you start noticing that your life revolves around things. So you go out because you need to buy things and then you make plans of visiting relatives and okay so we'll drive through this route so we can stop by ikea or whatnot to buy more storage for the things that we bought yeah and then we come back home and we organize it's kind of the center of life Mm -hmm. and it's very to me when i notice that i'm doing that 
I'm, I certainly am struggling with that. Although, um, I do have to share with you that my significant other and I, we have one closet, not a walk-in closet, like one three doors closet wow. that houses both our clothes, winter and summer. Mm-hmm. Not that we have much of winter here anyways, but you know, sure. uh, it sounds better. <laughs> uh, and our, like the, the um, sheets and pillows and, and extra stuff. We have one closet for it. And we had a rule when we moved here that we're not going to buy any extra closets. This is the closet that we own. We're not putting in any more closets. If we can't fit in there, we need to throw things away. And I really don't want to throw my clothes away. So I'm not buying. Yeah, yeah. I do the same. I do the same. You're right. Yeah, I mean, and that, uh, just a, a quote from the, once again, from the, the, the two guys, I can't remember their name, the, the minimalist. They say, you think and love people and not do the opposite. Hmm. Yes. And most of the time we love things and we use people. Use yeah. people being more things. And it's yeah. um, Laura, regarding what you said about having sentimental value to things, I'm I'm very similar in that. And this is why we ask like we don't tell it to you know people we just met, but really close friends and family, they know that if they want to surprise us or buy us something or even birthdays and Christmas presents stuff. They don't buy presents unless we specifically ask for something. Mm. They give a card mm. because we and we have our our refrigerator refrigerator door is chaos because it's filled with notes and 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 cards and stuff that once every other month we go through and we put it away. We have a memory box, mm. one memory box, and we're not allowed to over, to overflow it. Yeah. But this is why, because people always want to, they want to help us and they want to pamper us and they want to do this and that and the other. And we ended up having 25 wooden spoons (laughs) because people thought that a wooden spoon is what we need, which we did 24 spoons ago. Well, you know, and that, I guess that raises a good point. Um, there, There are a couple of things that we can, that, you know, we could talk about in terms of getting more stuff or not, as the case may be. And there's the, you know, the one in one out rule. If you buy a new thing, you have to give away or discard another thing, um, the, a similar kind of thing. So, you know, how many blouses do you need? If you, if we want to talk about clothes, if you're going to buy a white blouse, that's awesome. Which one are you going to get rid of when you get home mm. Ra- rather than continually adding to it? But the other thing kind of related to what you were saying, Julie, is we do um, accumulate things that have some sort of memory associated with us, with it, either things that somebody gave to us or that we bought as a memento of a person or something like that. And maybe, uh, you know, my husband and I've talked a little bit about the idea that maybe a better use of our money instead of buying more stuff is buying experiences, Mm -hmm. buying, um, even if it's just a dinner out with good friends and we just have that time with them because that becomes more and more valuable. And would I rather spend my time um, with someone I love Mm -hmm. or spend my time cleaning closets because my closets are full of stuff? Have you seen during uh, Christmas time, this uh, video, I think it was an experiment made in Spain. I think it was by Ikea. 
Mm. And they've, uh, they put together uh, some kids, a lot of kids, and they ask them to write what they want for Christmas as a present. And they all write, so the type of toy they want and so on. And then they ask them again to say, and saying, you just have to write something that you want from your parents, not a toys. Just write the letters to what you want from your parents. And all of, the, of their kids uh, have just asked to spend more time with their parents instead of having new toys, new games, new whatever. As they just want to spend more time and have to, yeah, to play with their parents, to, to go out with their parents instead of receiving gifts. And I think it's a, a great point coming from kids. Yeah. yeah. I think it, um, I think it's funny. We've gotten so ph philosophical on this, uh, on this cloud. I, I think that stuff is a substitute and not a very good one for relationships, for time with people. Um, we, we fill up our space with stuff maybe trying to sort of fill that hole of because we we lack some connection in our in our always on society where we're you know social media is everywhere i think man well i'm going off in into a rabbit hole here but i think people are lonely even though we're connected all the time and so well we we sort of console ourselves with a new something in our house um and i think for me it's um Having a lot of stuff and buying them and taking care of them, it's a way of uh, procrastinate. Mm. Because I think when, when you have nothing or very clear environment, you have time to think and to think about what really matters, what's yeah. really important. And, uh, and when we spend our time shopping, buying, uh, cleaning all that stuff it's a way to procrastinate meaning you push away the important things and take your time for unrelevant things yeah. instead of sort of thinking yeah mm. julie it's also because not for everyone obviously but for many many people being able to find that perfect tool, that perfect software, that perfect keyboard, that perfect iPad, that perfect whatever that we justify as this will bring me more clients, this will bring me more joy, I will be happy after I graduate. It's kind of a way of putting things and even milestones that we find important at the moment in charge of our life, in charge of our happiness. No, I won't be happier when I graduate. I will be happy the way that I'm happy today and I will have a diploma. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be the same person. I'm not going to be a different person because I have a new shiny car or because I have a new iPhone. It's not going to happen. But we think that we might and we keep on trying over and over again it's kind of like gambling mm. just one roll of dice just one more time then it's going to be all okay mm. and i think that it's even deeper than procrastinating what we really need to do and what we really need to think about it's more of i don't know 
what to do. I'm not sure how to make myself happier or uh, more focused, or I'm not sure how to handle what what is going on right now. So I'm just going to indulge in something that I do know how to do because you really don't need to know that much to buy stuff. Yeah, you, you just need to have a credit card. You just an Amazon Prime account and you're golden. <laughs> Exactly. And it'll be here to tomorrow. Have. It'll be here tomorrow. Exactly. This is incredible. And the, the funny thing is that we live in a time where we don't need stuff because you have all your books here. Yeah. And all your and all your contacts that you can call on video mm-hmm. here. You don't what else do you need? Nothing. Yeah. Clearly. Wow. I have uh, made some research, and it's a bit uh, different from what we said uh, previously, about the cleaning and the process of cleaning of decluttering, because uh, we, uh, we, th- we say that it's modern problems, but mm-hmm. it seems that it's more whole than that, okay. uh, because I find that it was a part of culture and religion since a lot of uh, years and ages, and it was linked to a ritual of purifi- pu- purification purification okay. in most religion. Uh, for instance, for the Christians, it's before Eastern or uh, at spring, the spring cleaning, the, the spring mm-hmm. decluttering. But it's also true for the, the Jewish religion before Pesach. Passover. Yeah. Ah. You have to also to clean and to uh, declutter. And it's also true uh, for the Muslim, which is uh, during Eid, that they have to, yeah. to make the, this cleaning and decluttering. Mm-hmm. And in Asia, it's in Japan and in China, it's made for the new year. And it's like that in the culture since uh, ages, I would say. So probably not only now we have uh, full of clutter, but I think that in the past it was also true and uh, uh, we probably need to refresh something once a year at least and uh, to start something new and to uh, get rid of old things and be able to to build a new year on a, without all the clutter and uh, in a clean space hmm. I, I think though that interesting i think though that the amounts are slightly different, especially because now, probably, like Laura mentioned, we have Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And it wasn't, I, I just, I have to laugh at the fact that, you know, Amazon's awesome. They sell everything. You really can buy anything from, you know, from a pen, <laughs> pen to a to bedroom furniture. And it wasn't enough to have Amazon Prime where you could get it in two days. Now they have Amazon Prime now where you can wow. get it within two hours. Uh, you know, at least they wow. you know, have that in Dallas. It's insane. We so it's a combination of the things we've talked about um, today about our our need to get more stuff and our utter impatience and inability to delay gratification. I don't just want it; I want it now. I want now. it right now, and I want two of them. I might as well order two of them while I'm at it. That's so interesting because in it, I don't know if it if people act this way outside of Israel, but in Israel, we have we constantly have sales. Mm. Like they they have a sale and this department a sale mm. and furniture and a sale and this and the other and the other. They always have a reason because we have many many holidays. <laughs> there's always a good reason 
to reduce prices. But people buy things because it's cheaper now and I'm going to use it later. And they end up buying two of each, three of each, five of each mm. every time. Yeah. And they buy faster than they use it. Mm-hmm. Which, And I, I, I once asked my friend, uh, she was buying... She was buying a kitchen where she was buying pots, I think. And I thought, oh, didn't you just buy something very similar with me a week ago? And she's like, yeah, but this is half price. Yeah. <laughs> you don't saving. need it. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. yeah, that's an ongoing joke in my household when I'll tell my husband, I saved all this money. He says, yes, buying this thing you don't need. <laughs> <laughs> but you got a deal on it. And that's what's important. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've tried to be much better. And I liked your idea of, oh, Priscilla, what was the, the phrase you used? Or, or, well, maybe it was Julie talked about detox and Priscilla used something else about a, a fast or a, a something like that. But I, I, I kind of like that idea of detox because we think of that in terms of, you know, drugs or alcohol. But for for some people, um, this need to get more stuff really it, it, it's like a drug for them mm-hmm. and and the only way to break that addiction is sort of to go cold turkey and i'm 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 just not going to get any new stuff mm-hmm. um you know we have I, I was thinking as you were talking about the sales the pantry at our at our home out at the farm shelves full of canned goods and stuff and yet we'll stand in the kitchen and say there's nothing to eat here (laughs) there is the pantry challenge yeah it's amazing yeah it's incredible i used up everything yeah so everything i i was left with nothing which has never happened (laughs) well describe what that what the pantry challenge is you're supposed to get create. You you open your your pantry and you're supposed to. Uh, it's kind of like the, this method of decluttering everything else. You just take your food and you put it in piles and uh, this type of uh, cans with this type of cans and this type of dry food with this type of dry food, and you start creating the challenges that over a period. I did it for a month. I think there are some people that do it for three months or for two weeks. It depends on how how far you want to go you are challenged to use up everything that you have in your pantry. And if you can't find something to do with something in your pantry, then why do you have it in your pantry in the first place? Clearly. Yeah. It's just another example of the kind of clutter. Um, I I just, you know, I, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've been in the house and had one of my kids say, there's nothing to eat here, mom. And I, I look at them, I go, really? And I'll go open the pantry door, nothing to eat here. <laughs> but you know, we, do, we do the same with the, the wardrobe. We yeah. open the, I have nothing to wardrobe wear. So that's nothing, nothing to wear, wear today. You can't close the door. You have to like back up against the door to, to get it to close and jam it shut. <laughs> I've got nothing to wear. Well, I don't, you know, I think, as we uh, we're, we're coming up kind of on our hour, uh, you know, obviously there's an issue. Obviously there's a need for us to think about these things, about the stuff that we have and whether, whether it's serving us or whether we're serving it. Um, and I guess as we, as we wrap up, can you um, 
maybe share, you know, a, a last thought or two um, for folks that are listening. Priscilla, why don't you go first? Uh, I have just a quote from a girl which is very well known in France. She's called uh, Dominique Loro. Uh, she's living in Japan since many, many years now, and she's writing a lot of books about minimalisms mostly and decluttering and things like that. And she has a very interesting quote of translated, try to translate it. And she said, a room, a flat or an office, clean, tidy and organized is a path through peace of mind, rest and enthusiasm. And I think it was very uh, powerful. Yeah, very wise. And uh, so pick your your beans and go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Julie, any last thoughts? Yes. Uh, for those that are listening and are not sure, they're still on the fence, they're not sure that they want the commitment of decluttering their entire house or even just their kitchen, that's okay. You don't have to. You can start by small steps that will allow you to focus more. Um, I had I, I actually picked it up from um, a, a soldier that used to serve with me and she would always say that she the first thing she does when she comes back home from work is she called it 15 minutes of hell which means she's not allowed to do anything she puts down her bag and what she does she goes around the house and tidies up she has a timer for 15 minutes she knows that once the timer is up whatever she's doing she drops it and she's done Mm -hmm. but for 15 minutes she uh she does that i do it morning and evening because in the morning i do it in my office and i declutter everything and i make it so I can concentrate and I can work. And when I finish in the evening, I do it in the rest of the house, mm. not in my mm. study. I do it in the living room and in the kitchen and wherever so I can relax because I can't relax if it's uh, like that. So all in all, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, it's half an hour. Half an hour is not that long. You probably spend more time in traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And I think I would say that, you know, it's not about, I don't think we're saying you should get rid of all your stuff. I I think what we're saying here is that we all need to be more mindful of the stuff that we have collected, the stuff we are considering adding to the collection. And are we spending more time um, taking care of and cleaning and moving around things that don't bring us joy and taking a, which takes away from the time we have to spend on the things that really do give us joy or bring us peace or and the people that matter to us. So I think it, it really this the starting point. I loved what both of you said, but I think really the starting point is all about being being thinking about it, being aware and being mindful, and spending our time, our energy, our attention, and our money on the things that really really bring us joy that make make our life better. So. I think we should, uh, that's it. That's an hour. Um, Before we go, Julie, where can folks find you online? Everything that I do is over at imjulie.com. It's the letter I, the letter M, and my my name, Julie. You can also see it uh, in my uh, Twitter handle, blog posts, podcast episodes. If you want to come and join in, I would love to have you along. Thank you. Okay. Priscille, where do folks find you? Everything is on my blog, productiveview.com, and uh, Twitter is the same, the Facebook page is the same also, the Google Plus account, Pinterest and so on is on the same name, ProductiveView. All right, great. And I, the easiest way to find me is 
on the website at theproductivewoman.com. You can find links there for Facebook, Twitter, email, everything else. And I love hearing from folks. So thanks to those who've joined and who listen later. And we'll do this again sometime. Thanks, ladies. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Laura. Bye-bye, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoy being a part of it. I always learn something when I talk with Julie and Priscilla. But what do you think? Do you have questions for any of us? Uh, Any comments or suggestions that you'd like to weigh in on the topics that we discussed? I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to ask your questions or share your thoughts. There's a number of ways you can do that. If you want to share them publicly, you can comment in the show notes right down there in the comments section. Go to theproductivewoman.com slash 83 and scroll down to the comments section. Or you can post on the Productive Woman's Facebook page Either way, I'll make sure if it's a question directed to Julie or Priscilla, I'll make sure they see it and can respond. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can always leave a voice message by going either to the website or the Facebook page and clicking on the voicemail button there. Thank you so much in advance. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. And uh, remember to check out our sponsor by taking advantage of the free 30-day trial of Nosby Pro by going to nosby.com slash woman. And that's it for this special episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me and with Julie and Priscilla. I hope you found something worthwhile and helpful to you. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.